There's a famous story with the third Rebbe of Lubavitch, the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek had many children. He had sons, daughters, and then he had grandchildren. So one time, it's, they say that the Tzemach Tzedek was holding on his laps one of his Eniklach, one of his grandchildren. And the Tzemach Tzedek asked him, tell me, which grandfather do you like better? Which Zaydi do you like better? Me or the other Zaydi? Grandfather and the others, the other grandfather. So the child said, "Of course, the other grandfather." So Tzemach Tzedek asked, "Why?" So he said, "Because the other grandfather he knows everything, and you don't know anything." So Tzemach Tzedek asked him, "What makes you say that? Why do you think I don't know anything?" So the child answered, "Because you sit and learn all day, because you don't know anything." My other grandfather, he, does, he hardly learns because he knows everything. This is what the child got. This is a typical example of when we take things face value without looking inside what's happening. As a matter of fact, the Tzemach Tzedek told him, you know what, test me. Take any of the Sfarim, take any of the books out of the bookshelf and test me. And he actually went and he took out a Sefer, I think it was of Dikduk, of Jewish grammar. And the Tzemach Tzedek told him by heart everything that it said in there. So, obviously, his uh, view of his grandfather changed. So, we see that when we go a little more into the subject, then the story changes a little bit. The same thing is when it comes to Mashiach. Mashiach is a subject. It's one of the most fascinating subjects in Yiddishkeit, in Judaism. Unfortunately, throughout history, this subject was not learned. People were always hoping for Mashiach, looking forward to Mashiach. But what is Mashiach? When is Mashiach supposed to come? What is Mashiach supposed to do? It was not a subject that was learned. For the very simple reason. One of the reasons is. Because when you talk, for example, about the laws of Shabbos. Hilchus Shabbos. Shabbos comes around every week. So people have to know what you're allowed to do. What you're not allowed to do on Shabbos. Very, very simple. And therefore, if you ask somebody, are you allowed to turn on a light switch on Shabbos? We'll say, of course not. And he will be able even to explain a little bit the reasons for it. But if it's something which is going to happen, who knows when, you don't study that subject. If you have a choice on a, any given week of the year to learn the laws of Shabbos or the laws of Rosh Hashanah, of course you're going to learn the laws of Shabbos. Why? Because when Rosh Hashanah will come, we will learn the laws of Rosh Hashanah. And this is why the subject of Mashiach was something that was not learned. It, of course, everybody was hoping for it because they learned it in the prophets. Until came the Baal Shem Tev. The Baal Shem Tev, he decided he's going to take the subject head on. There's a famous story with the Baal Shem Tev, that the Baal Shem Tev had what is called Aliyah Sanashama. He was able to send his soul up in heaven and he went and he looked for the court of Mashiach. And he found it. And he asked Mashiach, When are you coming? And Mashiach answered back, when your wellsprings, which means the wellsprings of the inner part of Taira, of Taira Sachasidus, will be spread throughout the world. So, by the time of the Baal Shem Tev, that is when the concept of Mashiach started forming some practical side to it. And the Baal Shem Tev started talking to his Talmidim, to his students about it. And the Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tev, eventually, the Talmidim and their Talmidim, their students, etc., built the group which is called Hasidus, and of course, two generations after Baal Shem Tov, the Alter Rebbe built the dynasty of Hasidus Chabad, 
And most of Hasidus is to explain the inner part of Torah, the secrets of Torah, which is something which we are going to witness and learn when Mashiach comes. So basically the whole Hasidic movement is a preparation to the coming of Mashiach. And this went on for generations and generations. In our generation, the Rebbe took it to the next level on the actual practical level. In the other program that Tutal's Vosir Kent, they have the history of what happened. So I'm just going to say it very briefly and all the details you could see over there. The Rebbe for many years started the concept of Shluchim, Shlichis, sending out Chesidim all over the world because we are going to take the God and finally reveal Him all over the world. This world is not a jungle. This world is God's home. And we just have to reveal it how that is. When we look at it face value, like the story with the kid, this world doesn't necessarily look like God's home. But the Torah makes it very clear that God created this world. Why? Because He wants to have a dwelling place here in this world. So we just have to reveal how this world is a dwelling place for God. Of course, by doing acts of goodness and kindness, etc. But then the Rebbe took it to the next level and he said that now we have to take the concept of Mashiach and really understand what it is. Take it not only what the Jews did throughout the generations, just plain Torah and mitzvahs and learn the Gemara as they did for thousands of years, etc. Now we're going to have to take it down to practicality. It all sort of exploded on that famous 20th day of Nisan when the Rebbe said, I did everything I can to get you to want Mashiach and now I'm giving it over to you to really get it to the next point because you guys have to bring it out. And of course, there's a lot of discussions about it and nobody knew what the Rebbe meant exactly. Within two weeks, the Rebbe made it very clear. And the Rebbe said that the correct way how to greet Mashiach is by learning what is Mashiach. We have to learn what is Mashiach. We have to learn what is the future redemption, etc. When the Rebbe said that, people started searching, what does it mean? Where do you learn about Mashiach? There's a lot written in the Gemara, in the Talmud, in the Medrashim, etc. Where do you go? So the Rebbe explained that where you go is basically, just like when it comes to any halachas, any laws, you learn the Gemara, which is behind it. Of course, that's the analysis. And then you go to Halacha, which is the law. And there are several codifiers. And the chief codifier was the Rambam, Maimonides. So too, the Rambam has special laws regarding Mashiach. At that time, after the Rebbe said that Sikha, there was a booklet that used to come out, which was called Dvar Malchus. Dvar Malchus was a weekly publication that was coming out for about two months or so, which had a discourse from the Rebbe, the Likutasichis, and another two, three things in there. When the Rebbe said, do whatever you can to bring Mashiach, and to want Mashiach, and to merit Mashiach, etc., the people who gave out this booklet, Vamalchus, and again, in the two Ta'ls, they have a whole program with the whole background of it, they decided to take like this. In the back they have the Rambam, Mamanides, as I will explain in a minute, the laws of Mashiach. The Rambam is the most uh, complete, safer book that has in it all the halachas of Torah. All the laws of Torah are in the Rambam. The Rambam's safer 
is divided into 14 sections. Yud, Dalet, Tzfarim. Yad, it's called Yad HaChazaka, 14. These 14 sections have different halachas, subjects. For example, Shabbos is one subject. Megillah and Hanukkah is another subject. Beis Amikdash is another subject. Beis Abchira. Uh, Tumas Tzaras. All kinds of things, subjects. How many subjects are there? So the Rambam divided the whole Torah into 83 subjects. So 14 Tzfarim, 83 subjects. And each subject has chapters. For example, Hilchas Shabbos, the laws of Shabbos, has 30 chapters. Uh, Tumas Tzaras has 16 chapters. Uh, different, each one has a different number. All the chapters together, from chapter 1 till the last one, is 1,000 chapters. The last section of the Rambam is called Hilchas Melachim, the laws of kings. In other words, the 14th is called Shoftim. But the last section, the 83rd, is called Melachim. The full name of Hilchas Melachim is Hilchas Melachim Umilchamay Sehem Vehilchas Mashiach. The laws of the kings and their wars and Mashiach. How many chapters are there in Hilchas Melachim? 12 chapters. In the early prints, it said Hilchas Melachim Umilchamay Sehem Vehilchas Mashiach. And the last two chapters were called Hilchas Mashiach, the laws of Mashiach. So before chapter 11 and chapter 12, it said Hilchas Mashiach. So that means that in the big picture, in the whole Rambam, chapter 999 and chapter 1000, which is chapter 11 and 12 of Hilchas Melachim, are the laws of Mashiach. So if somebody wants to understand properly Hilchas Mashiach, when you learn the Rambam, and then at the end, you learn the last two chapters, which is, which is Hilchus Mashiach. You have a very clear picture of what is going on. So what did they do with this Dvar Malkus? They printed the last two chapters of the Rambam. As you can see here, this is Perik Yud Aleph, chapter 11. This is Perik Yud Beis, chapter 12, of Hilchus Melachim. But this is a newer version, so it doesn't have the words Hilchus Mashiach on top. But you can see chapter 11, chapter 12, which is again chapter 999 and chapter 1000. And here is the end of the Rambam. This is where the Rambam ends. Here they also printed an early version of the Rambam, which is not censored. Since the, uh, the non-Jewish uh, rulers used to censor the Jewish books, so the Rambam was also censored. There's a whole section which is missing in our Rambam. And here you have that section too. So, they printed the two chapters of the Rambam, chapter 11 and chapter 12. And in the front of it, they printed four sikhs of the Rebbe. One, two, three, and four. The first two are on chapter 11. The other two are on chapter 12. What is the difference between chapter 11 and chapter 12? Why does the Rambam discuss Mashiach in two separate chapters? Because chapter 11 discusses the person, the identity. Who is this Mashiach? Is a person? Do we know who he is? Do we know which family he comes from? Or is he some hidden subject somewhere? <coughs> That's chapter 11. And the Rabbim over there also discusses what is the agenda of Mashiach. Which means it's somebody who is going to be very, very easy to identify who he is. Chapter 12 discusses the era of Mashiach. 
what is going to happen around the time of Mashiach. And the Rambam is very, very clear and explicit when it comes to these issues. So this is what they printed in the Dvar Malchus. So this is sort of beca- is becoming the ABC of the laws of Mashiach. When the Rebbe received this, that was, I believe, on the 15th day of, um, of uh, um, Iyar. This was about two weeks after the Rebbe said, do whatever you can. And then the Rebbe said, learn the subject. The Rebbe received this from Israel. And this was also printed with a dedication to the Rebbe's brother, whose yard site falls out in those days. When the Rebbe received it, he was right before the Rebbe went down to Daven Mincha, with, together with the people in the shul. And the Rebbe told one of the secretaries that he would like this to be printed, this booklet, exactly how it is, by tonight. And the Rebbe mentioned, I don't know how many thousands that he wants, because he wants to distribute it to men, women, and children. Now, many of you may have seen uh, videos of how the Rebbe distributes things. Tanyas or other booklets, Kutresim, Maimorim. The Rebbe never announced beforehand that he's going to distribute it. For example, when the Rebbe turned 80 years old, at the end of that Fabrengen on Yudalaf Nissen, the Rebbe gave out Tanyas to everybody. The Rebbe did not announce before the Fabrengen that he's going to give out Tanyas. At the end of the Fabrengen, the Rebbe said that he would like to give to everyone a Tanya. But beforehand, no one knew. Only the people who took care of it, obviously, took care of the printing. The only time, that I remember at least, that the Rebbe announced before that he's going to distribute something was this Dvar Malchus. And the Rebbe said the following, that the Mirz Hashem tonight, after Mairi, he's going to distribute a, I think the Rebbe mentioned then, a Maimah from Rabbi Seinu Nesiyenu, something along those lines. So when people heard this, Mincha was at 3.30 in the afternoon. Mairiv, after Pesach, is at 9.30 at night, in the summer months. So people had six hours to be able to come to New York, and people came from all over the place. The Rebbe said that after Mairiv, he's going to distribute something. Everybody came from all over the place, Montreal, from Chicago, from, from everywhere. So you could imagine how many people were there that night. The Rebbe came to Davin Mairiv, the place was packed, packed. And the Rebbe, after Mairiv, stood there and gave out, I'm not exactly sure their numbers, but it was in the heavy thousands that the Rebbe gave out to each one, men, women, and children. So this became the ABC of Hilchis Mashiach. If anybody wants to discuss Mashiach, don't look in the newspapers. Don't look in the articles. You have to go back to the sources to learn what it is. Yes, the Alter Rebbe did say that when Mashiach will come, it will say in the Gazette, in the magazines, in the Gazettes. But over there we only get the headline, Mashiach is here. That's about it. To know what is Mashiach, when is he coming, how is he coming, what is going to happen when he's going to come. For that we have to go to the sources. And the first source is the Rambam. Now someone may say, why aren't we learning the Gemaris? There's so many Gemaris on the Rambam. That's very simple. The Gemara is the analysis. If you want to know the law, you have to go back to the Halacha. And normally the Halacha is found in the Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law. But Code of Jewish Law does not have the Halachas of Mashiach. Code of Jewish Law does not have the Halachas of the Beis Amikdash. Code of Jewish Law does not have many Halachas that have to do with the sacrifices, with Tzaras, etc. Because the Code of Jewish Law is only for the practical things which are in the daily life of a Jew. 
If someone wants to have the halachas of everything in Torah, that you have to go to the Rambam. So therefore, what we're going to do today, as I mentioned before, there are four sikhs here on the Rambam. What we're going to do is the basic point of the first sikha in this Dvar Malchus. This is found in Lekutah Sikhas, Chelik Yud Ches, in Parshas Bolok. Now, in this uh, shear right now, we will try to go first, we're going to read through the first, the chapter 11. And just to understand the simple words of the Rambam, all the things that he's going to tell us. The second part of our shear is going to be questions. To try to understand, we're going to have several questions on each one of the halachas that the Rambam says. The third part is going to be the answers. So we're going to start with just learning inside the Rambam. And as much time as we will have, that is how much we will do. And perhaps we'll get to the questions. Um, I'm not sure yet we will get to the answers, but we will see. So if you look at your curriculum, you will see that the heading is as follows. Hilchis, uh, the heading on the top of the page is Sefer Shoftim, as we said before, that it's the 14th book. Hilchis Mulachim, Laws of King, Perik Yud Aleph, Chapter 11. And as mentioned before, Chapter 11 in the big picture is Chapter 999 in the Rambam. And Chapter 12, which is the heir of Mashiach, is Chapter 1000. We are going to focus today on chapter 11. And as we always say, here in America, chapter 11 is when concept of bankruptcy. Chapter 11, the Rambam says, Golus goes bankrupt. And now we go and discuss the issue of Mashiach. So, let's start. Hilches Melachim Melachim Hilches Mashiach Perik Yudalaf. Chapter 11. The Rambam just to give a little brief introduction, in this chapter, the Rambam is going to have four halachas, four laws. The first one, the Rambam is going to give us what is Mashiach's agenda, where does it say in the Torah about Mashiach, and the Rambam will bring two sources. That's the first halacha. The second halacha, the Rambam is going to give us a third place in the Torah, where it discusses Mashiach. In the third halacha, the Rambam says, and therefore, don't think that Mashiach is going to have to do all kinds of miracles, etc. No, no, no. We already discussed what Mashiach has to do. And in the fourth halacha, the Rambam is going to say, okay, so who is Mashiach? Who his family is? What does he have to know? What is his resume? What is his agenda? What is he going to accomplish? Etc. These are the four halachas in the Rambam Perik Yudalef in chapter 11. So, let's start. Go to number one. In the beginning. The first halacha. The Rambam says as follows. And of course, we will have uh, time for questions and answers. And of course, uh, you could send them in if you'd like. The Rambam starts off like this. HaMelech HaMoshiach in halacha Aleph. HaMelech HaMoshiach Asid Lamoid. The Melech Mashiach, the King Mashiach, is going to get up. He's going to bring back, restore, renew the kingdom of 
David HaMelech to its original state, the initial sovereignty. So number one, what is he going to do? Restore, renew the kingdom of David HaMelech, of King David. The second thing that he's going to do, says the Rambam, he's going to build the Beis HaMikdash. The third thing that he's going to do, he's going to ingather all the exiled. In other words, if someone wants to know what is Mashiach going to do, says the Rambam clearly, Mashiach is going to do three things and three things only, nothing else. What are these three things? The first one is going to restore the kingdom of David Amalekh. We're going to explain everything as we go along. The second thing that he's going to do is build the base Amikdash. The third thing that he's going to do is he will gather all the exile, all the Jews back to Israel. Because he's going to do these three things and not others, like for example, revive the dead or things that you know that everybody always looks forward to Mashiach, says the Rambam. Put that on the side. That doesn't belong here. In the laws of Mashiach, we have to have only three things and we have to remember these three things. Continues the Rambam, that subsequently, because Mashiach is going to do these three things, Kingdom of David, Pesach Mikdash, and uh, in Gather the Exiles, continues the Rambam, All the laws are going to be restored the way they used to be before. When you have a king, there's law. When you have no king, it's chaos. Because Mashiach is going to restore the kingdom of David, so of course, we're going to have all the laws in place. That's number one. The second thing, Makrivin Karbonis, we will be able to bring our sacrifices that today we don't have that. Because the second thing the Mashiach is going to do, as we said, is going to build the Besamikdash. So the second thing is going to be Makrivin Karbonis. The third thing that Mashiach is that's going to happen is we're going to do Shemitah and Yovel. Shemitah is the sabbatical year, which is discussed in the Torah in Pasha Behar. And Yovel, which is every 50th year after you have seven Shemitahs. Seven times seven is 49. Then you have the 50th year, which is called Yovel, the Jubilee. Today, the Shemitah that we do today in Israel, every seventh year, is not 100% the original Shemitah. Because the correct Shemitah is that when after 49 years, you have Yovel, 50. Then we start counting again the next set of Shemitahs. But from when the time of the destruction of the Besamikdash, we are not counting the Yovelists. So the Shemitah today is not exactly how it was in the time of the Besamikdash. And it's not necessarily with the same force that it was then. When Mashiach will come and we're going to have all the Jews back in Israel, then we will do Shemitah and Yovel exactly how it says it in the Torah. This is the first statement of the Rambam. So let's just make sure that we, are, we have it clear. The first statement of the Rambam in the Halacha is that Mashiach is going to do three things and three things only. Which ones? Restore the kingdom, build the Beis Amikdash, and gather the exiles. Because of that, subsequently, we will have all the laws because we have a king. We will be able to bring Karbanis because we have the Beis Amikdash, And we will be able to do Shemitah and Yevel and all the other mitzvahs. Because we have all the Jews in Israel. This is statement number one. Now let's continue. Now says the Rambam, the second statement, next to that number two, and whoever doesn't believe in him, or someone who doesn't await for Mashiach's coming, 
Says the Rambam, Loi bish'an nilvim bilvadu koifer. Not only does he deny in all the prophets, Elo batoiru v'moshe rabbeinu. He denies in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu. What the Rambam is saying here in simple languages, I remember once um, there was one of the young ladies that came to study here in one of the local schools for young ladies called Mahon Khana. And she unfortunately was in India by the gurus over there, all kinds of stuff. And Baruch Hashem, she came back. And one of the teachers asked her, tell me, what did you find over there that you didn't find in Judaism? And you know what she responded? Over there, they have prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Yeshaya, Yirmiya. They have prophets in those other religions. Jews don't have any prophets. She didn't realize that Yeshaya and Yirmiya are Jewish prophets. All the things that the other nations, the other religions have regarding Moshiach, where did they get it from? All from our Jewish prophets. So if anybody wants to know something about Mashiach, in the Torah, they don't know where it talks about Mashiach. Nowhere in the Torah does it discuss, seemingly, Mashiach. When you look in Yeshaya, when you look in, in all the other ones where it says that uh, there's going to be someone who's going to come out from David HaMelech and he's going to be able to do all kinds of things. Like, for example, the Haftorah that we read on Achr Pesach. The day of Achr Pesach is considered the day of Mashiach. And that's why we have the Su'ud of Mashiach. Why? Because on that day is when we read the Haftorah of Mashiach. So, um, we read the Haftorah of Mashiach. And over there in those Psukim, it's amazing what it discusses regarding Mashiach. So the question, the, the, so what the Ramam is trying to say over here, what the Ramam is trying to say over here is, that the um, what it says in all the prophets is not only in the prophets. Mashiach is also in the Torah. Someone may think that if he denies in Mashiach, he's denying in only in the prophets. No, no, he's denying also in Torah. Why? Give a look what it says. What the Ram says. Because Torah testifies that Mashiach is going to come. Where does Torah testify? Shneimar. This is a pasuk that we say almost every day in davening, when we say Tachanun, in the, right after the Akedah. And this is a pasuk, everybody knows the pasuk in Tanya, in the front page. That the concept of being close to God is something very close to every single person. So right before that, it says, God will return all your captives, and he will have compassion on you. And he will gather you from all the nations. If, let's say, you're going to, be, going to be dispersed somewhere very far, the end of the sky, it's there figuratively, the Rebbe will bring you back, God will bring you back here into, back to Israel. Says the Rambam, that these few words, which are clearly in the Torah, they include they include everything that the prophets said. In the prophets, you're going to have loads of psukim that discuss Mashiach. Says the Rambam, all those psukim are all included in these few verses, these three, four verses in the Torah that says that the Rebishter will bring the Jews back into Israel. 
So what's the second statement that the Ramam is telling us? Whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, not only does he, and he could be a person who davens every morning and he keeps Shabbos and Kashris, but he doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, he denies not only in everything that the Prophet said, but he also denies in the Torah and Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because the Torah says clearly that Mashiach is coming. Where? In these few psukim, Veshav Hashem Elekeko Es Shavuzka. God will return all your captives. Okay? So this is the statement number two of the Rambam. So let's remember. Statement number one is the three things that Mashiach is going to do and the three subsequent things that are going to happen. Statement number two, whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, he denies in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu because the Torah says clearly that the Rebbe is going to bring, the God is going to bring back all the Jews to Israel. Now the Rambam continues, still in the same halacha, and is going to make a third statement. The third statement is that we have a second place in the Torah where it discusses Mashiach. Where is that? There's a parsha called Parsha's Bolok. As a matter of fact, this Sikha that we are going to be learning now is in the Kutta Sikha's Parsha's Bolok. Because in Parsha's Bolok is the famous guy, his name was Bilam. Bilam was that famous uh, prophet of the non Jewish people, and he prophesied about Mashiach. Says the Rambam, Av be Parsha's Bilam Nemar. Also in the Parsha of Bilam, it discusses Mashiach. However, and he comes, the Rambam is going to throw a bomb, Vesham Niba Bishneha Mashiachim, that he is going to prophesy about two Mashiachs. Mashiach Arishan, the first Mashiach. Who's the first Mashiach? <laughs> Who's the first Mashiach? Most people jump and say, Moshe Rabbein. He was the first one that uh, saved the Jews. Gave the Torah. Says the Rambam now. The Mashiach Arishan, Shehu David. David HaMelech was considered the first Mashiach. Why? We will discuss that later. But he was the first Mashiach. He saved the Jews from their oppressors. The last Mashiach, he's going to come out from his children. In other words, Mashiach is going to be a great-grandchild of David HaMelech. He's going to save the Jews from Esau. Esau is the last Golus, which refers to the kingdom of Rome, Italy. That's the last Golus. So Mashiach is going to take the Jews out from that last Golus. And now the Rambam is going to go into details regarding what did Bilam say. The Rambam is going to bring us four psukim of Bilam. And each one of these psukim has a first half and a second half. Says the Rambam that these four psukim are regarding four subjects connected to Mashiach. But the first half is regarding David HaMelech. The second half is regarding Mashiach. How does it work? Let's look inside by number four. And over there he says as follows. The first po- half of the first Pasuk says like this. I see him, but not right now. Bilam says, I see him. But not right now. He's Zed David. That goes on David HaMelech. He was only a few hundred years after Bilam. I see him, but he's not so close. In other words, it's something much, much further. That goes on Mashiach. The first half of the Pasuk refers to David HaMelech, the first Mashiach. The second half of the Pasuk refers to Mashiach himself. Next Pasuk, second Pasuk. A star will rise from Yaakov. A star. 
Is that David? That goes on David Amalek. They come shaved me Israel, but a ruler, a staff, will arise from the Jews. That goes on Mashiach. Third Pasuk. He will crush all the princes of Moyav. That David. That goes on David Amalek. Like it says in the other Pasuk. That he crushed Moyav. The second half of the third Pasuk. That he will decimate all the descendants of Sheis. That goes on Mashiach. Because it says about Mashiach, that he's going to rule from one sea to the other. Fourth Pasuk, the Bilam said, and Adam is going to be demolished. When is that? Zed David. That's David Amelech who does that. Shenemar vati Adam David Lavodim, as it says in another pasuk in Shmuel, that Adam was servants to David. and that Esau, Adam, the last Golis, is going to be uh, destroyed. Zeh Melech Hamashiach, that will be through Mashiach. Shenemar, as it says in the pasuk in Evadia, ve'olu Mashiach Bartzion Lishpetas Aresav, that the uh, saviors. Which is goes on Mashiach is go are going to go on the uh, mountain of Asa, and then God will be the king of the world. So what did the Rambam do over here? He's telling us that there is another place in the Torah besides for the pasuk that it says clearly about Mashiach. Where in the story of Bilam? Bilam has four psukim. The first half is about the first Mashiach, and the second half is about the last Mashiach, which is the one that's going to take. Yidden out of Golos in our generation. This is Halacha Aleph, the first Halacha. We're not going to ask any questions yet. Let's first continue learning the whole Pedic so we have the text clear and then we'll be able to go through the questions and then we'll be able to go through the answers and then hopefully we will see that we have a total different, new, interesting Mashiach, fascinating subject. So let's summarize the first Halacha. In the first halacha, the Rambam has three statements. Statement number one, what are the three things that Mashiach is going to do, which I'm sure you remember. And subsequently, we're going to have the other three, which is basically kingdom, Besamikdash, and all the Jews in Israel. So we have all the laws, we have Karbonis, and we have all the mitzvahs, mitzvah and yoyvel. Second statement, whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach denies not only in the prophets, but also in Moshe Rabbeinu and the Torah, because Moshe Rabbeinu says clearly, Third statement, that there's another place in the Torah where it discusses Mashiach. And where is that? By the story of Bilam. However, Bilam has two Mashiachs. David HaMelech was the first Mashiach and the last Mashiach was going to take the Jews out of Golos. This is in brief Halacha Aleph. Now let's go to Halacha base, The second Halacha. Second Halacha says the Ramam is follows. I told you, says the Rambam, two places in the Torah where it discusses Mashiach. One of them is in the Pasuk Veshav Hashem And the other one is by Pashas Bilam, says the Rambam, I have a third place where it discusses Mashiach. Where is that third place? Let's go and look inside Allah Bay, says the Rambam. There's a subject in Torah which is called the cities of refuge. What is a city of refuge? Someone killed someone else by mistake. Right? So there is a mitzvah of someone to take revenge for him. Says the Torah that the murderer who murdered 
by mistake, has a chance. He could run to a city, which is called the city of refuge, Ari Miklat, and over there he is safe. And he stays there until the Kohen God passes away, etc. How many Ari Miklots were there? So the Rebbe God told Moshe Rabbeinu, while he was still on the other side of the Arden, because Moshe Rabbeinu did not make it into Eretz Yisrael, he stayed on the other side. So Moshe Rabbeinu set aside three Ari Miklot where he was on the other side of the Arden, and three he set aside in Israel. So when the Jews will go into Israel, they will have another three Ari Miklot. This is in Parshas Matos Masih, discusses. Later in the Torah, you have later in Dvarim, it discusses another set of Oremiklot, which is another three. Where are the other three? Says the Torah. Look at the Rambam. Even in Oremiklot it says, When the Rebishter will broaden Eretz Yisrael, what does it mean he'll broaden Eretz Yisrael? Hashem, the Rebishter, promised Avram Avinu that he's going to give to his grandchildren Eretz Yisrael. And the Rebishter told him, it's a land of ten nations. That's what Hashem told him. Look at Pasha Lechacha, clearly. When the Jews went into Eretz Yisrael, after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away with Yeshua, they got a land of seven nations. There are three nations that the Jews never received yet from Hashem. From, from Hashem. When is that going to happen? Says the Eibishter, when the Rebishter will broaden Eretz Yisrael, in other words, we'll get the other three nations. What are the other three nations called? Keni, Knizi, Vekadmoini. Where are they? They're on the other side, where today you have, it's a whole, big, in, it's a whole long story, where exactly is Keni, Knizi, Vekadmoini, if it means Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, etc. We're not going to go into the details now, but it's definitely on the other side. So says the Rebishter, Ki Archiv Hashem you are going to add another three cities to the three that you have in Israel. In other words, there's going to be a total of nine cities of refuge. Until Mashiach comes, there are six. Three on the other side of the Arden and three in Eretz Yisrael. When Mashiach is going to come, says the Ebishter, you're going to add another three in Kenikniziveh Continues the Rambam. And this never happened yet. On the other hand, God doesn't just say things for just like that. And if God said that this is going to happen, it's going to happen. So this is another proof to the concept of Mashiach, that Mashiach is going to come. <laughs> Why do we need cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? <laughs> the million dollar question. For that, we will need a separate shir to discuss what's the story of these cities of refuge. He's asking a very good question. When Mashiach is going to come, nobody's going to kill. Who needs the cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? But again, this is after we finish the whole Patek, we will be able to discuss this. But right now, this is for sure a fact that the Rama makes it very clear that where is the third place in the Torah that it discusses Mashiach in the story of the cities of refuge. Now comes the, and I'm sorry, the Rambam finishes the Halacha base. But in the prophets, we don't need any proofs. Because all the prophets are full of the subject of Mashiach. The Torah, it's not so clear, so therefore the Rambam had to explain where they are. In the first halacha, he tells us the two places. And Parshas Bilam. 
And in the second halach, it tells us that the third place is where? By Arim Miklat. Okay? Now let's continue to halacha Gimel, the third halacha. Says the Rambam, Al Yal Al it shouldn't even enter your mind. That Melech Mashiach has to do some miracles or wonders, and do some novelties in the world, or revive the dead, like this type of stuff. says the Rambam. It's not so. No. Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles. How do we know that Mashiach doesn't have to do anything supernatural or miracles? Everybody always thinks that Mashiach is going to do who knows what, revive the dead and do all kinds of things. Relax, says the Rambam. No. It's not so. Why? Now the Rambam is going to tell us a story. There was a big sage in the Gemara, the Taner, Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was in the time of the famous general who has two names, Ben Kuziva, Bar Kokhba, famous general, and he had a whole war. It was a whole story. We're not going to go now through the whole story of Bar Kokhba. And Rabbi Akiva, Chochom, Godol, Mechachm, Mishnah, Rabbi Akiva was one of the greatest sages of the Mishnah. And he was the Shamish. He was the one who used to, he was a supporter of Ben Kuziva, of Bar Kokhba. Rabbi Akiva said about Bar Kokhba, about Ben Kuziva, there is Mashiach. Rabbi Kiva and the sages of his generation, they all thought there is Mashiach. Until he got killed because of sins, the sins of the generation. Oh, once he got killed, they found out that he is not the Mashiach. Right? Oh, so therefore, what do we see here? That did Rabbi Kiva ask me to do any miracles? No, he didn't test him at all. He had his other reasons why he decided that Barakah was Mashiach. So, what do we see from that story? That Mashiach is not supposed to be somebody who we have to test if he does miracles, if he does supernatural. No, not at all. Why? Because Rabbi Kiva didn't do that to Barakah. So therefore, says the Rambam, don't even think that Mashiach is going to have to do anything supernatural or some miracles or some wonders. No, 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 no. You got the whole story wrong. What do you have to know? Continues the Rambam. The main thing to remember is as follows. That this Torah, that Torah and does not change, it doesn't have any changes at any time. You don't add anything to Torah and you don't subtract anything to Torah. This is what we need to remember. That Torah is something which is eternal. This is what the Rambam is saying. Okay, next to number 13, 14. In other words, let's summarize again Halacha Gimel, the third Halacha. The Rambam is saying very clearly. After I told you the agenda of Mashiach and I told you where he is written in the Torah, I want you to remember, don't even enter your mind that Mashiach is going to do some supernatural stuff. No, none of that. What we, why? Because Rabbi Akiva did not ask Berkuziva to do that. What do we have to know? That Torah is eternal. And Torah doesn't change nothing. Eventually we will explain what is the flow here. It's true, they're both two very correct statements. But what is the connection of one to the other? But this is Allah HaGimel. After the Rambam told us 
Halacha Aleph, Halacha Beis, Halacha Gimel. Now the Rambam is coming to the conclusion. And therefore, now let's go to the final point, Halacha Dalit. Therefore says the Rambam. So therefore, you want to know who Mashiach is? I'll tell you. When a king will arise from the house of David and Melech, he studies a lot of Torah. And he does all the mitzvahs, just like David, his father, his grandfather. The written Torah, the oral Torah. He will compel all Yidin to uh, go in the ways of Torah. And, and to fix the breaches. You know, sometimes someone does Torah, but there are certain things that need to be fixed. And he'll fight the wars of Hashem. We can have we have a sort of like an assurance that this person can be considered Mashiach when he does these three things. In other words, he's from the house of David Amelech and he learns a lot of Taita. And second thing, he compels all the Yidin to follow Taita and to also fix, not only to follow, but also to even if they do follow, they should fix everything. And the third thing, he's going to fight the wars of Hashem. So we have an assurance. This person is Mashiach. Now continues the Rambam. If he did all of this and he was Matzliach, he was successful. And he built the Beis Amikdash and he gathered the exiles. If you remember the first halacha we said that that's what the Shiach is going to do. Then this is Mashiach for sure. And what is he going to do after he was successful? The attack in his across number 17, and he's going to fix the whole world. That they should follow, he will improve the world, that they should all follow Hashem's ways. As it says in the Pasuk in Tzfania, at that time when Mashiach is going to come, I will transform that the people of the world, what are they going to do? That they're going to have Sofa Bruda, a very clear language. They should all call out Hashem's name. And they are going to follow Hashem. Because they're all going to have one purpose to follow Hashem. So, what is the Ramam saying in Aloha Dalit in the fourth Aloha? That therefore, if there's going to be a person who is going to be from the house of David Amalek, and he learns Torah like David, and he follows mitzvahs like David. And he is going to compel the Yidin to do so. And he is going to fight the wars of Hashem. If he did this, good. He is, we have an assurance that he is. Then, if he also built the Besamikdash and gathered the exile, the fourth thing, ah, oh, then will you know that this is Mashiach for sure, and then the whole world will become a house for Hashem in a very visible way. This is basically what the Rambam says in Perik Yud Aleph. I know it took a little while, but we really need to know the whole text clearly before we could even go and try to attempt to understand what the Rambam is saying. So, in two minutes, a brief review. Halacha Aleph, the Rambam has three statements. Statement number one, that Mashiach is going to do three things. Kingdom of David, Pesach and gather the exiles. Subsequently, we're going to have all the halachas, we're going to be able to bring sacrifices, and we'll be able to do all the mitzvahs like Shemitah and Yevil, because we have everybody in Israel. Statement number one. Statement number two, 
whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach, not only does he deny in the prophets, because over there it's clearly about Mashiach, but he denies also in Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu says clearly that there's going to be a time when Mashiach comes. Where is that? The Pasuk, V'shav Hashem Statement number three in Allah Aleph, that there's a second place in the Torah besides for V'shav Hashem where God talks about Mashiach, and that is by the story of Bilam. However, Bilam talks about two Mashiachs, the first one and the last one, and he brings four psukim. That's halacha number one. Halacha number two is where the Ramam says that there is a third place in the Torah where we discuss Mashiach, and that is in the story of Are Mikla, the cities of refuge. So we have two, three places in the Torah. That's halacha two. Halacha three says the Rambam, and therefore, where, uh, don't even think the Mashiach is going to have to do miracles or supernatural stuff, because just like Rabbi Kiva did not ask Bakuziva to do any of that, and he still believed that he was Mashiach, so from there we see Mashiach doesn't have to do any miracles. What do we have to know? The Torah is eternal. Statement number four, Halacha four, and therefore, when there's going to be a grandson of David who does the Torah like David Amalek, compel all the Yidden to do that. Fight the wars of Hashem. We have an assurance that is Mashiach. If he also adds the Besamikdash and the gathering of the exiles, then we have for sure that this is it. This is, in brief, the pain. In very short, we are going now to ask the questions that we have on this chapter. And Be'ezrat Hashem, in the next year, we're going to go through the answers. The questions that we have over here It'll take us at least, uh, I'm not sure how long. I'm going to try to do it as brief as possible. Let's go to the first halach. The Rambam says that what Mashiach is going to do is three things. Restore the kingdom of David the Melech. He's going to build the Beis Amikdash and gather the exile. What's wrong to say that Mashiach is also going to revive the dead? Do all kinds of other things. It seems like the Rambam is fixed. These are the three things and that's it. Why? What is special about these three as opposed to anything else. Then from that, the Rambam says, and therefore, whoever doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach denies in the Torah and in Moshe Rabbeinu. Wait a minute. First of all, where do we find anywhere in Torah that you have to wait for something? Do I have to wait for Shabbos? No. When Shabbos comes, I have to be ready for Shabbos, yeah? But it doesn't say anywhere that on Sunday I have to wait for Shabbos. Yes, there were those who used to buy all week. They used to look forward to Shabbos and buy the nicest things. But it doesn't say it anywhere as a halacha that that's what you have to do. Yes, when it comes Thursday, Friday, you have to prepare for Shabbos. But here it says that if you don't believe in him, in this person, and you don't wait for him, you deny him the whole title. What is this waiting business for? And not only that, this statement that you have to believe or wait for Mashiach, and if you don't, you deny him the whole title, the Ramam should have put it either in the beginning of his book or in the beginning of Ilchus uh, Mashiach. He should have started... I'm going to learn with you now, Hilchus Mashiach. The first thing that you have to know is that if you don't learn these laws and you don't know what you're talking about, you're denying in the whole title. Or at the end of Hilchus Mashiach, you should have said, you should know that these, uh, these laws are very important because someone who doesn't believe or wait for Mashiach is denying in the whole title. That's not what the Rambam does. The Rambam first says that there are three things that Mashiach is going to do. Once you know what these three things are, oh, now says the Rambam, you know what? I'm telling you that if you don't believe or wait, for Mashiach, you're denying in the whole title. Where is the flow here? And the Rambam says, because it says in the title, Then comes the Rambam and brings 
the Pesukim from Bilam. But Bilam has two Mashiach. Who is the first Mashiach? David HaMelech. Why is David HaMelech called the first Mashiach? What did David HaMelech do to deserve the title Mashiach? If you tell me that Moshe Rabbeinu is the first Mashiach, yeah, it says about Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, who goyal rishon, who goyal achra, whatever that refers to, but he was for sure the first savior, and he's going to be the last savior. So I could see a little bit why Moshe Rabbeinu, but David HaMelech, what did David HaMelech do to deserve that title? Then the Rambam brings four verses. We know that the Rambam is very, very, very careful with every letter that he wrote in this book. Everything is precise. The Rambam says a lot of this stuff also in his letters, in his igres. In the letter, the Rambam says that Bilam talks about Mashiach. And look, look over there in the Chumash, you'll see all the Pesukim. Here, the Rambam does something that he hardly does. The Rambam, if he brings the Pasuk for something, that means he wants to tell you something very, very deep here. Here the Rambam goes through every single Pasuk that Bilam, all four Pesukim, at the beginning and the end, and the first half and the second half. Why? There must be something behind all of this. That's Allah Aleph. In Allah Beis, we need to understand, the Rambam says, in the first Allah I told you in two places in the Torah where it says about Mashiach. First one is the Shav Hashem Lekach and the second one is Bilam. In Allah of Beis comes the Rambam and says, you know what? I have a third place. Which one? Oren Miklot. Wait a minute. The Rambam, the way he divided the Halachas is also very precise. If Oren Miklot is a third proof to the concept of Mashiach, why didn't he put it in Allah Aleph? In Allah Aleph, he should have said, there are three places. One is the Shav Hashem Another one is Bilam, and the third one is Ari Miklat. Says the Rambam, no, 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 you got the whole story wrong. <laughs> and the story of Bilam, that's one story. Ari Miklat, Ari Miklat is a total different story. Allah base. Why? Why is Ari Miklat any different than the first two proofs? In Allah Gimel, says the Rambam, and therefore, once I told you all of these details, Regarding Mashiach, where it says it in the Torah, all the three places. And if somebody doesn't look forward to Mashiach, denies in the whole Torah, comes the Rabbi and says in the Lacha Gimel, and therefore it shouldn't even enter your mind that Mashiach is going to do miracles or supernatural. Why? Because Rabbi Kiva didn't ask. Why? What is the flow here that because it says in the Torah, so therefore Mashiach doesn't have to do miracles? Why not? And not only that. The Rambam says, don't look forward to Tchiyas HaMesim. Mashiach is not going to do revival of the dead. Every normal Jew knows Mashiach is going to come. We're going to have Tchiyas HaMesim. What's the Rambam saying over here? Don't even think that Mashiach is going to do that. What do you mean there's no thing? That is what's going to happen. And then the Rambam says, what do you have to know? You don't have to look forward to miracles. What do you have to know? That the Torah is eternal. What's the connection of asking Mashiach for a miracle to the fact that Torah is eternal and mitzvahs don't change. Yeah, it's true that Torah is eternal. But what does that have to do with Mashiach? What does that have to do with the concept that if you, that if you think that Mashiach is going to do something supernatural, you got the whole story wrong? Where's the connection? And then the conclusion of the Patek is that Mashiach is going to have to do four things. One, he's going to have to be the grandson of David HaMelech and Lord of Torah. He's going to have to compel all Yidin to the mitzvahs. He's going to fight the wars of Hashem. He's going to prepare the whole world. Where does the Ramam take all of this from? 
this there must be some sources for all of this and these are just a few of the questions that we have in this chapter and uh, obviously we went a little over time so we're going to take a little pause here and Be'ezus Hashem we're going to have a second year where in the second one we are going to go through the whole structure of this chapter and then we will be able to understand the whole flow of how everything here makes sense okay so again before you go to the next year please review this Patek that it should be very clear in your mind do it once or two times or three times because once the whole Patek is very clear in our mind then we will be able to understand much better what the Rambam is out to tell us over here and we are going to find out a total different Rambam uh, I'm sorry a total different Moshiach than what people have been always looking forward to we're going to see what it is that the Titus says what the Rambam says and of course later what the Balshemtev as we'd started in the beginning and of course all of our Rabbein and the Rebbe when they were saying that Mashiach is coming who he is what his agenda is and why was this the uh, the pinnacle of the world is Mashiach as it says in the Pasuk when God created the world it says in the next Pasuk it says that the world was chaos but the spirit of the Abishter was flowing over the water says the the, the it says in the um, sages that whose spirit? The spirit of Moshiach. Because when God created the world in the beginning, he had in mind the time of Moshiach. But there has to be a little bit of a time of Golis in between before we could get to Moshiach. Just like on Shabbos, we have to have a week of regular mundane work and then we prepare for Shabbos. So to the 6,000 years of Golis are a preparation to Mashiach. So let's prepare properly, and that is by understanding the subject, learning the subject. So again, please review the Rambam again, and perhaps review the questions that we had. And Bezas Hashem, in the next year, part number two, we are going to go through and explain the structure of the whole chapter. Hopefully, Mashiach will be here before that. <laughs>